You're with Pastor Troy right here. We're getting excited. We got a special program for you. You're going to be seeing over the next few weeks until we get ready for season two. You're going to be seeing the best of the On the Dock season one. These will be coming at you hard and steady. I want you to get them out there. Check them out. Help us get them out to your friends. We want to see you on YouTube, Spotify, and iTunes as well. But this is the best of, get this, the best of season one. Get ready for it. We're going to be coming at you with a super season two coming up this August. We'll see you soon. Enjoy this episode of On the Dock season one. Best of. on the dock. I'm Pastor Troy here and we're getting ready to launch out on our inaugural shot here. This is our first show where we have our first special guest coming in outside. Hope you've enjoyed our first five episodes with our on the dock team. And now we're getting ready to launch out into the deep, bringing in heavy hitters today. But let me get you, let me get you set up here. First of all, on the dock is all about conversations to propel your faith. We want to get you off the dock out there, but today in his place is a safe space. We want you to get in these chairs with us. We want you to hear from some people that can lead you out pass those breaks and get you out and help you explode in your faith. And so we're going to get you out of the shallows, and our hope is to get you into the deep. Out of the shallows and into the deep, that's our credo, and we want you to join us. You can watch us. Our main way to get us is at YouTube. That's our YouTube channel on On the Dock with Pastor Troy. Look it up. Get on there. You can also find us through iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku. Go to Roku. Download the Sermonette channel. Look up On the Dock with Pastor Troy. Also, we're on Rumble, and you can get that Sermonette app, and we are archived both on Sermonette and on YouTube. You can also chat out to us on our social media friends. We have social media presence at Facebook. We also have it on Instagram, Telegram, and Twitter. Reach out to On the Dock with Pastor Troy and Donna, our executive producer. She'll be reaching back out to you, connecting with you. So let us know what you like, don't like. But hey, this is not a complaint forum. This show is about bringing friends, mentors, people to coach you out. This is not a debate show. We're not arguing things. Uh, on this shirt, on this, on this show, we believe in the things of the word of the Lord. We believe in the things that are proper. And we're going to just, we're going to assume that you understand the biblical basics. And now we're going to give you an equipment and tools, and we're going to give you mentors and coaches that will get you out there. We're going to help you big time. And then, Hey, once you find those sites, whatever, whether it's YouTube or Facebook, we just ask that you go and hit the subscribe, hit the like, the share, the comment, the notification on the various platforms. So we'll have notification. When you do that, it creates an algorithm and people begin to find it's either more easier and they actually start promoting it. So make sure you're also sharing what you're finding with your other friends on your social media sites. We really appreciate that. And we are excited. Now you can also find us last bit of housekeeping. You can also find us at on the doc.org. That's our website, www.onthedoc.org. You can find out everything. You can find out how to link to all of our social media sites. You can find out how to get on all our platforms to watch us and all kinds of stuff about our show at on the doc.org. You can also email us at info at on the doc.org for anything you want to be a part of us with. And we want to tell you, you can become with us a Patreon sponsor. Go to our Patreon site. You can go to my Patreon and find on the doc with 
Pastor Troy, or you can go through our onthedoc.org and become a Patreon partner, and you can become a supporter or partner of the show. We're excited about that today. In our coffee cups, I got a little bit of Crown Brew today. They're supporting us. We sure appreciate Josh and the team and Jared at Crown Brew for supporting On The Dock. So we're going to get ready to rock and roll here. We are excited. I've got Mother Beth in the studio today for the first show. Mother Beth is our co-host today. Mother Beth, give them a shout out. Hi, honey. Hi, everybody. Hi, Fred. That was powerful. (laughs) I brought Beth in for the first shot. We're going to have a table full after this, and these guys can all talk. They're all great leaders. But to be honest with you, my relationship with Fred is not the beginning of this. He's known Beth a lot longer. I mean, they grew up on the farms together. I mean... I mean, they go way, way back. So I, I decided to have Mother Beth in here just to protect me because, uh, I mean, she's been hanging out with Fred her whole life. And uh, he loves her like a daughter. I do. And uh, I just thought it would be great to have us together on this because it just means so much to us. Today what we're doing on the show is we're looking at Pastor Troy's Mentor Series. We're going to be doing a five-part series. And we'll be looking today at the thing I think that really sets the foundation. We're going to be looking at personal devotion, quiet time, and daily walk reading. When I met Fred in, in the first trip, I went with Shane on and began to hear the basics of what he does in building a foundation of faith. The thing that struck me the most was his 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 just drive and desire and just the the the, the light in his eyes about having that personal quiet time with God getting away each day, having a reading plan. And it was as a result of that that I started reading the Bible daily, Proverbs daily, got in daily walk readings, and and began to read Oswald Chambers. And it's in those things that I found my lights came on. And I've seen that happen with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of men, and it has changed my life over the last 34 years serving God in that way. So we're going to be looking at personal devotion and quiet time and daily walk reading. I don't believe you can get out of the shallows and into the deep unless you have a deep, strong, personal relationship with God. Because when you're out there deep in the water and the storms come and it rains, ages uh, that you need the captain of the sea to take the helm. To know the captain of the sea, you have to have a trusting relationship. And I don't think if anybody can better steer you there than my brother and my father in the Lord, Fred Bishop. It's exciting. So we're going to have Fred Bishop this morning here, Reverend Fred Bishop with No Greater Love Ministries. And let me just tell you a little bit about No Greater Love Ministries here. No Greater Love Ministries is all about putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men. Fred's the president, the founder of this ministry. Fred, how long has No Greater Love been going now? Since 1975. 1975. Guys, that's pretty darn good good that's pretty good i mean that's 25 20 man you're 47 is that 47 something like something like 47 years he so they're based out of decoin illinois and you see the contacts for fred on email and and the website nogreaterlove.org check that out we'll keep that updated with you as we go but uh fred i want to show you a picture here fred welcome to to on the dock and you're our first guest well i'm proud to be here Man, it's good. I, I'm going to show you a picture first, and this picture is going to strike many questions. I just want you to share whatever comes to your mind about this picture. I went into your archives. Okay, the picture's on the screen there. Those guys there. Tell me about those guys in those silver jackets. <laughs> that was a long time ago. But you see, I do have Jesus Heals Broken Hearts with my T-shirt on there. Oh, I love that. And, and my the, favorite. How do, you, how do you like those uh, Hoss Cartwright hats? Oh, the, the, the big foamers? <laughs> yeah, the I big had foamers. a few of those foamers. I mean, there are giants on that stage oh, here. Wow. I mean, I mean, I mean, Dave Munson, uh, K- David Kane, Ron Schernicke in the back, Tom McDaniels, uh, Mark Jordan on the right, Fred Starkweather, of course, Shane Bishop. Uh, I mean, gosh, I mean, just great names. Tell me. And there's my little buddy in the center, Kenny Norris. Oh, the singer. I grew up with him. And he came to me one day and said, hey, I'm, I'm going to travel with you. And I said, why? And he said, well, uh, I'm, gonna, I'm a singer. I said, well, I can get a record and I'll sing you. The question is, can you hear God? So I got him started in daily devotions, and he traveled with me through the United States and also to Puerto Rico. And the lower right there is Fred. Is Fred, Fred 
Fred, you have Fred McDaniel, right? Fred McDaniel was the first man we had driving our bus, and uh, he's just a farmer out from the country, but he led us through Washington D.C. and everywhere else. He was a tremendous man and a man that I really looked up to. Can you tell me the half face in the left? I think I know who it is. It's a just a. It's a, not even a, a. It's a third of a face. I think that's Bill Finney. That is Bill Finney. Bill Finney, hmm. on years ago when we got our first bus, he said, I believe God told me I would drive a war chariot. <laughs> I know that. And he did, because, I mean, he took us everywhere, and he was a faithful man of God. I have a class CDLB license today because of Bill. I, right? I went and got it after about my second trip. I went and got my license, and I... I, I I, I sat behind Bill for several years, and as I began to drive at the church at Heron and stuff, um, I, I, I got on the rotation to drive the NGL bus, and I remember riding down the road, coming back from New Orleans when Bill said, you're in. He tagged me in, and my first exchange with Bill was driving down Route 55. We're moving full speed. He steps out. I step in, and then you feel the weight of the war chariot, and you think, <laughs> yep. you, know, you know when you come out of New Orleans, you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. You're just wiped, and you come across that bridge, that Lake Pontchartrain, and then everything kind of leaves you there, and you go, whoa. Oh. And, the, and then the weight of the men in the back sleeping and, and their safety, and you want to get them home. And I had never felt such weight come on my in my life. But mm-hmm. I remember Bill put his hands on my shoulder, and he said, the anointing is passing from me Absolutely. to you right now. Right now. Yes. And it did. Mm-hmm. And I have never had a fear of driving leaders since then. I was terrified. Mm-hmm. And when he laid hands on me, I, I felt the anointing come off of me. Do you have? I've seen that with so much NGL. How does that happen with it? What's the theory? The anointing of God is bigger than the person, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so all if you get close to them, then you and you and you just be an apprentice, learn from them, walk with them, and then the, then you'll sense that anointing come on you. And the next thing you know, you can do it the same as they can. Fred McDaniel, right there, uh, he was one of our. He was our first driver, and Fred. When we'd be out on the streets, he would not go out on the streets last night. I said, why not, Fred? This is a big night. He said, no, I have a responsibility to take care of the men and get them all home safely. So there is an anointing, special anointing for that. Oh, absolutely. I remember he would he would shut himself down. Yes. He made sure he was fresh. And that was the difference. I'd been out in the street. And so I think I drove like a whole hour. I don't think I made it to Jackson before I had to tag back out. But, you know, you have a deep respect for that afterwards. Yes, you Because he, he didn't just have an anointing. He prepared himself for the task at hand as well. Exactly he did. What he should do, and then he trusted God to do what he should, what, what God would do. That's it was right. just like Peter getting out of the jail. I always tell people when, when when the Lord comes to Peter and says, "Get up, put your coat on, get up, walk out the gate." I always tell people Peter had to put his own coat on, mm-hmm. get his own butt up, and walk his own self out the door. But the Lord did everything He couldn't do for him. Yeah. We, that has always been special to me. God expects us to do our part, but then God always does what we can't do. Absolutely, yes, He comes through. Just amazing what I've seen there. And Beth, anytime you just got something, you just fire in because you know this but let me say this let, let me say this fred knows remembers and prays for people unlike anybody i've ever met and i mean and relationship i think for you has been central to i think it's been central to the key of no greater love it's why it's very difficult to replace other than in men that have been a part of that spirit and the ethos you've had fred chose you chose you choose your advisory board i got asked very early to be a part of your advisory team and i, I always think it's very interesting how you talk about that because a, a scripture you gave to me was, you said, and I think you just said earlier, Proverbs 18, 16, a man's gift makes room for That's him. Right. Can, can you explain how you choose the men that work around you at that level and that, that, that work for you that way? The gates of hell don't prevail against the body, but it can whip the Lone Ranger. <laughs> That's and sure. so I look for people that are not like me, that have something of God that I don't have. I was in a meeting one time, and this one guy, uh, man alive, he started sharing about Christ. And I thought, I don't even know that God that he knows. The next week, I asked him to be on the board. 
Wow. Yes. So, so it's, it's a, but we had one guy on there. They said, why do you have him on there? He can't do anything. I said, no, it's for his benefit. So he can see something move that he doesn't have to push. Hmm. And oh, so man. I look for different personalities, different kind of people from different areas of life, and um, and that makes up our board. Amen. You've been doing that for years. It's almost like, I mean, in a spiritual sense, almost like building a baseball team. It is. You got you you, you you got a vision. You got a plan. You're going to run a certain play. You got to put the players in place and get them out there. And you've got a lot of utility players. You got specialists. All kinds of people. Uh, well. I'm not administrative at all. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I spend hours of a morning, every morning, praying and looking to God and everything. But I'll have ideas. But I need somebody like Roger Lipe. I can come in and tell him all my ideas. The next day, he would have them all laid out across the board saying, which ones <laughs> of these you want to do? <laughs> well, look here. I want to start at the foundation at the trunk of the tree. I think mm-hmm. when you, when you, when, if we're going to launch this podcast, we're try- we've been talking to Fred for five episodes on what is truth. We've been laying a foundation of truth and we've really worked hard on that as a team. We're, we're on the docks, not about arguing or fighting. We're, we're clearly a pro-life ministry here. We're cl- cl- clearly for Christian marriage. These aren't up for debate for us. These no. are resolved issues. Right. What we want to tell people is how do you deal with that in this world today? How do you deal with it in a loving, graceful way too? Because you know people have a right to choose to re- reject Jesus. There were, there were two thieves on the cross. Mm. One said, the heck with you, you know, Jesus, the other one said, I want to be with you in paradise. Mm-hmm. He didn't browbeat the other one. No, he just took the other one home with him. You know, Jesus right. died to give us choice again. We were all bound for hell. Amen. And so, so he, we need to love people and, 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 and grace filled accountability, offer them hope at the end of the day, we have to, they're left with their decision. And so we want to be the best witnesses we can. So we're trying to give people tools for that. But one of the things I think when you, to start at the foundation of this, to get at the trunk of the tree, I believe character and courage is built in the foundation of a man of God in a woman of God. And I really believe that is it, just about everything. I believe your starts, this is me, just watching over these 30 plus years with you. I believe it starts with your personal devotion time, your quiet time. I believe you come out firing on all thrusters. You come out with what God's got for you today. And I've I just seen you, you're, you're, you're like Elijah going, going, <laughs> going for the chariots. You're going to get there by the day's end because the Lord has sent you on that task. And I love that because your relationship with God is your base. Tell me how that is built every day. How? Because it's not for you something you did 30 years ago, I, I would suspect that you've already got a fresh one for the day. Tell me what your formula, what your, what your pro- process is, and how you teach that into the people you're discipling and working with with no greater love. Okay. Most important thing in my life is my devotional life. And I can't go any farther out than my devotional life will maintain. If I get out there and find out I'm not really hearing God, then I need to spend more time with God. I either need to drop back or go deeper. And going deeper is like this morning, every morning, I'm going to get up. I want to make sure I'm up before 6 o'clock. I don't want 6 o'clock to ever happen with me being in bed. And I got that because I knew some people that there was a tremendous revival came to Honduras. And I found out that it actually started through a man who was doing 5 a.m. prayer meetings. And so I make sure every morning that I've got my things laid out. I've got, I needed my prayer life set up first. Um, I've got seven days a week today. I probably had 50 people that I prayed for, but I pray for those on Monday. Mm-hmm. And then on Tuesday, I got a different set and Wednesday, I got a different Thursday and Friday and Saturday. And then on Sunday, I pray for you guys here. Cause I pray for the churches on Sunday and guys, uh, it's not just mentioning names. 
Uh, it's like I see those people, and if I haven't seen someone for 20 years and I see them on the street, it's just like I've just met them. Like Beth, the end of this morning, Chuck, mm-hmm. seemed like I just saw her yesterday. Uh, so <laughs> it's the prayer thing, and then to be able to read the Bible. When I'm reading the Bible, I'm going to read my Proverbs each day and my Psalms and so on. And then every time a song comes to me, I'm, I'm worshiping, right? Absolutely. So when the song comes to me, I stop and I sing. I sing more songs today than I ever have in all my life. <laughs> and it's because it's part of my devotional life. And it's, as it happens, I've got a place that I pray. That is my devotional place. That's the place I go. And I make sure that, that my lighting's right and all that kind of stuff. But uh, when I read the scriptures and then start my prayer life and hear it coming through, and then when I have those people in mind, a lot of times on the day I'm praying for someone, they'll call or whatever. But I never head out the door until I'm fully prepared, been in tune with God, had a smorgasbord and had everything I could eat in every direction, whether it's with Oswald or Chambers, Oswald Chambers, whether it's with Spurgeon. I got about eight different ones, and I call those my cell group. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, we meet together every morning. Every morning. <laughs> hey, you know what? I've I been reading Oswald so long that I, I almost know what he's going to say before he, I even read it. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but, but I have a wonderful time, and when I do, and then I take the day's activities and say, now, I need help on that. I never mention a day activity until I'm really in tune, got mm-hmm. all the people I'm praying for. But when I head for the door, I'm whistling. That's really cool. I'm not heading it. for the door until I can whistle. I love that. Have you I, ever had trouble with focusing? I mean, at the beginning when you started your routine, did it? Yes. I started years ago trying, and I, I heard people, great people pray at 5 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I was in Tennessee, <laughs> and I used to sit out back, and pretty soon I'd be going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't going anywhere. Why in the world should I pray? Right. You know what I mean? Right. I wasn't doing anything, and I was just going to school. Mm-hmm. But then when I started doing things, okay, I was in, in uh, down in Tennessee, Ridgecrest, North, I'm sorry, Ridgecrest, North Carolina. And this guy said, I make sure I'm in bed at 8 o'clock. Some people said, well, I can't get up that early. Oh, yes, you can. Go to bed earlier. Mm. Now, if I don't have my quiet time of the morning, I feel like God, I've robbed God. Oh, man. I can rob anybody on the other end. I can go to bed early, but I don't rob God. Rob yourself first. Stay yes, up a little later. Right. Whatever, whatever yes. you what happens if you don't feel like it? You get up and I just don't I, feel it today. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to do it. <laughs> You're just going to buckle in and do it. Yes. I mean, that's the time. I, okay, like I, I play golf on the third Friday of each month. It was 100 degrees last Friday. That's not my problem. I'm in sales. I'm not in service. I'm going to go because that's what I do every morning. You understand? The image I got as you were talking about it, you know, I was a, you know, I played football and I coached football for years. I do know this when you're a good athlete, we're talking physical now because the Bible uses a lot of parallels. Mm -hmm. When you're a good physical athlete, you've got to compete that day. You've got to gain that day and you're going to get in. Number one, you're going to get up. You're going to have a good, strong breakfast. Mm -hmm. You're going to have good, you're going to eat good good stuff, good clean stuff. Then you're going to you're going to get out and you're going to stretch out. You're going to do your calisthenics, you're going to work out a little bit, get your muscles loose, and you're not going to step out to that playing field and get in the game and really compete till your body's in tune, to to your muscles and stuff are ready to act. It sounds to me a lot like what you're talking about in daily quiet time, early time is basically getting fed, getting the right food in, getting your body stretched out, getting the right 
play calls, getting getting the signals from the coach, and then getting ready to get on the field and do the work for the day. You know what? I don't ever have my devotion in the morning until after I've done my calisthenics and exercises. That's good. Mm. I mean, I've done those. In fact, I, you mean I've done those for thirty years, mm. and I would I I'm, I can't do my devotion until I'm physically ready. That's right. Okay, so I do all the exercises and everything, and once I get through with those exercises, I'm ready. You're ready to go. Yeah, but you got to be prepared physically, or else you can't devote mentally. Absolutely. So, give me if somebody's not if they don't have a regular quiet time, give me the ABCs for them to get started. Just basic, simple things for them to get started. What would you recommend? Okay, I'm a morning person. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do mine in the morning. My wife's a night person. She's going to do hers at night. So I make sure I find a place. you got to have a place that you're going to meet with God each day. That's my holy place. Mm. you gotta have to, you got to have a time. Then I've got an attache case. And if I travel or anything else, I carry the attache case with me because that's where I've got Oswald. That's where I've got my Bible. That's where I've got. And I keep a record. each like Each day I write down what I'm doing. What I've and then of a night, how did I go about that? So you got to have a journal. You need to have your Bible. You need to have good lighting. You need to you need to make sure you exercise and that you're ready to to do it. Mm-hmm. But you got to have a set time. What, what do you recommend from the Bible? Where, where's a good starting place for somebody? The Bible's sixty six books. What's a good starting point to get something regular going? If you're if you're new in the Bible, um, Proverbs has thirty one days. And so I call that God's daily devotional. He made it up just for you. And I read it every day, every day, every year. And you think, how can you read it that long? Well, because I'm in a different place than I was last year. Right. And so wherever I am today, there are certain things that come up to me today that didn't come up to me yesterday at all. Right. Yeah. And so the Proverbs are fresh to me every day. The Psalms, I really love. And the way I go about doing Psalms Read just, just start like the first day of the month. Read the first psalm, second psalm, each day of the month. Now, underline. Take your time. Underline the things that mean something to you. Now, as you do that, finally you'll get through the 150 chapters. Right. But then the next time, I just, I just read underlining. Because I'm trying not to find out how much I can read, but how much I can incorporate into my life. Mm. And so on the days that I'm sick... Not feeling too well, I'm going to read ten psalms. Wow. Only the underlining, That's because in the reason why I need ten is because there's sometimes the psalms is just you know I could just bash everyone's head in, <laughs> and the next psalm may come out saying, "Oh, it's a wonderful day to praise the Lord." Right. I don't ever stop on a downbeat, <laughs> and wow. I know ten psalms will get me through the practice. That's incredible. That's, That's incredible, uh, Fred. I, I when I see this picture here of you carrying the cross here, mm. I, I can I see the presence of somebody who that day you can tell that you're you've, you've been with God and that you're carrying it and, and God's walking with you. To me, there's just an anointing there when you carry that cross through the streets. I know people are looking and stuff, but. Honestly, I don't think you would know there's people in the streets. I just think you're just carrying this thing for God. You're like a chariot runner. You're like in in the, in the one movie. What was that? The uh, oh, where you, where you ran for the pleasure of God. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Chariots of fire. Char- yeah. I just love that when I see that and carrying another one. When you're teaching, when you're teaching men uh, in these these leadership retreats, I, I just see just something just snaps alive with you in that, and just your ability, your call to equip men. And I've been seeing that for years for you, and. I, I see really heavily that I want to start, you know, we talked about foundation, but relationship with God, it starts with you in the morning. You have that daily going on. So you've built that in. And then 
you have this call of putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men. And it's like, I love that part because that means that the relationship with God that drives you out, and then you have this call to put the gospel in the hands of faithful men. That's a relationship you have. Now you're driven to put that relationship into with men. It's deep and it's strong. And one, one of the things I see is you stay in touch with everybody. You keep track. You exhort. You kick people. Well, you've kicked me in the butt many times. You <laughs> kick people in the butt at every step of the way. You've done an incredible job of that. Tell me what. How is, I mean, it seems to me the same passion that drives you out in the morning is the same passion that's been driving you to do that with men. Well, yesterday at Change Church, um, it was Father's Day, right? Mm -hmm. So he had me to pray an anointing on, on the men at the, each of, uh, at the end of each service. Okay, now here I am. I'm praying for these guys, and I look out there, and all of a sudden I see one guy that I believe God's saying something to him. So I walk up to him afterwards, put my arm around him, and says, man, we can't, I just can't wait to see you at Mardi Gras. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in my mind for men is, has to, I don't want to preach for the sake of just filling the day. It has to be because I want to get men to go somewhere for God, to get them in, to where they can get in tune and go to the ends of the earth. Mm. Here you are Absolutely. doing that. Sarge is in Vietnam, all these different ones. But, but I, I see them. Because I pray for them, and then when mm -hmm. I get around them, uh, if I have a word or, you know, like a little kick in the butt or whatever, <laughs> that guy just says, well, I can't do that. I said, well, son, if you could, I wouldn't take you to Mardi Gras. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to learn how to yeah. do to stretch yourself a bit. <laughs> I remember, that for those of you on the dock, years ago, Beth and I were in Waterloo. We were pastoring a new church up there for the Methodist Church, and it was probably circa 2001, two, And uh, we were really having trouble with the conference at the time. And, uh, you know, I, I fired a note off asked for some support. They had felt us on some support. And I remember Bishop Christopher, my bishop at the time, she decided to come down and have a, I, I just encouraged her to come down and meet with the people of the church. And so she agreed to do that. She came down with the superintendent, came to the church. She was really nervous because I had some on-fire people, about 25, 30 leaders ready to meet with her. And she came in, she could see them around the table, ready to talk to her. They really kind of moved her heart. And then she, then, then, he moved her heart. She made Drop commitments. Back. Then she got back to the got back to the conference office and, and totally escaped out on it. But but what's funny is, uh, Fred. It was a very important meeting, and I had shared it with Fred. And Fred comes walking through the door about the time five minutes before the meeting starts. And uh, Bishop Christopher knows Fred very well and, and his his pedigree. And she came over to me and pulled me aside and said, "He can't be here." And I said, "What do you mean he can't be here?" She says, "Well, I only want to hear from your people." I said. Fred's not here to be heard from. Fred's here to pray for me. That's right. right. He won't say a word, and he'll be the most dangerous man in the room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to tell you that, Fred, I, I, you it's just for you showing up that day, it meant so much to me and Beth mm -hmm. to be in the breach and know that we had somebody there to help us uh, cool down the breach and to be there. She was like a cat on a hot tin roof the whole time. You never said a word. It changed the whole spirit of the room, and God was good. And while she went back and reneged on that, a lot of those people ended up at Christ Church with Shane in different yeah. places, and mm -hmm. we were so fortunate what God did there. I just want to tell you, I, when I think of this picture here of, of meeting you at the gate, one of the galas, it's just every time I have a gala, every time I, whether I'm overseas doing in Africa, I could be in the middle of the night doing a crusade, and Fred and I are chatting, and he's praying for me. I, I just... It's just to have a spiritual father that puts his arm around you and says, Troy, you're doing a good job, or maybe kicks you in the butt and says you need to pick it up a bit. Uh, I can take all that, but th these are special moments for me every moment. Uh, we are basically, I mean, NGL is event-driven. 
Yes. You, yes. Event driven. You you've got a mission to go on. You want to drive people. You're on the docks. We're ready to cut rope. We're going to get out in the water. We're going to go to Mardi Gras. We're going to go to Honduras. We're going to go to uh, we're going to go to Indianapolis. We're going to go wherever. You're an event driven ministry. You take people off the docks into the deep. You call mm-hmm. it a runway ministry. We're going to help people t- take off. A very similar approach. And you start always with a little shakedown cruise. So I'm going to do you a favor, him. You're going to love this. And then you head them into battle and you share Christ with the world with the goal of empowering leaders, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, okay. Okay, so I'm going to do something. Lucas, I forgot to tell you I'm doing this, but I, it, I'm i going to, there's a video that's going to run here. It's going to be great. And Fred, just, just for a minute, let's watch this video on your ministry. It's from one of your Mardi Gras Gulf Coast ministries. It'll give people an idea of what you're doing. And then we'll just have a few comments about what you do here. No Greater Love Gulf Coast Ministries, a part of the NGL network, exists to connect men to Christ. One way we do this is through an annual Mardi Gras mission trip to Mississippi and New Orleans. Men who come with us to Mardi Gras will experience genuine love, adventure, and fellowship with like-minded guys. And you will draw closer to God than ever before. Our purpose is to help godly men discover who they are in Christ and go home as better husbands, fathers, church members, and employees. We do this using close-knit small groups and large corporate training sessions. Then we put what we've learned into action, ministering on the streets. Ministry opportunities include working large parades with a float, presenting the gospel as a clown, passing out tracts, street preaching, sharing your faith one-on-one, and carrying the cross while marching together on the streets of New Orleans. All men of God are welcome to join us in proclaiming Jesus Christ to the world. Young and old, new Christians and veterans, everyone can receive a fresh touch from God and go home a better man. We start out in McHenry, Mississippi, clowning and working parades in Gulfport and D'Iberville. During this time, we get to know one another and build relationships through small groups and with anointed worship time. Then we head over to New Orleans to shine the light of Christ right in the middle of the party. As you launch out into the deep, you will learn to trust the Holy Spirit to guide and protect you in every situation. The mission trip concludes with all five NGL network camps joining together for a final silent march on Fat Tuesday, right through the middle of the Bourbon Street crowd, presenting the gospel one last time without saying a word. Come experience God in a new and fresh way. Come join No Greater Love Gulf Coast Ministries for the Mardi Gras Mission Trip. All right. Fred, I want you to think about that a little bit. That video on No Greater Love Ministry, great, great video there. It's a a snapshot of one of the many camps that you have that run now through your network. it's an event-driven methodology, I said to you, taking off, taking people off the docks into the water. How did God lead you to, to begin with the a methodology of coming out of your devotional life, charging up men with that relationship with God, and then getting them to cut the rope and go out and do something like this? That's interesting. Uh, after I got filled with the Spirit, before I was filled with the Spirit, I ran the template, you know, and I pastored and so on, and I went through seminaries and all that. But when I got filled with the Spirit, all of a sudden, I had a desire to go to the ends of the earth. I, I, if I wanted to follow Jesus, I couldn't stay where I was. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm with this. Right. If you really want to follow Jesus, the fact is, 
when you read, it has to have a purpose. I mean, or you're going to do something with it, or why in the world read it? Right. And so as I would go and, and get the desire and come back and I'd share it, somebody else would get excited. I said, hey, man, you can go with me. Then when he would go with me and he could do what I was doing, he says, now, there needs to be a fork in the road. You need to take your own fork. The little guy that I took to, to all over the United States and to, to Puerto Rico, one day he came and said, Fred, uh, I know you've been leading the devotions. You've been telling us where we're going to go. But for now on, I'd like to have a little voice in it. I said, son, you can have total voice in it. Now, as of today, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. So my goal is to thrust people out into ministry. And, and at Mardi Gras, those places, it's just to give them the clowning and the preaching and the carrying the cross. Those are just tools. But if they learn those tools and if they can help other people learn the tools, now, now, you need to go off into your other country. Get you a country to go to. We got people in a lot of different countries. That's right. And it all comes out of the basic training at Mardi Gras, just getting the tools and getting, as you say, off the dock and out into the beach. So basically, every morning you start at the dock. You, you get with I God. Do. You hang out. It's a new you day. Get, you get your day, and then you cut those you cut those ropes, and you kind of push out there and see what He's going to do. And as you get into the deep, you can rely on what the direction that God's given you, and you know the captain's with you because you've right. got Him in your heart. You're traveling out there deep. So with these men, you do the same thing. You get you inspire them. You get them. They get working together. They're in small groups, and then you do the shakedown cruises. That's kind of friendly waters. They're being trained in places that are fairly safer in a sense and kind of not as hostile. But then you take them into the middle of Bourbon Street. You're talking about deep water, uh, full combat zone, and they're going to go out there now and they're going to see that basically the things of God do work. They do produce. That's God right. is there in the midst and God can use them in the midst. And if God can use them there, why couldn't he use them on something God's put in their heart? That's right. right. At Mardi Gras on, on Fat Tuesday, when it's just mean and all, get out, you know, and everybody's drunk and skunks. And, and sometimes when they throw those cans of beer and everything, sometimes they miss our big sign. But I always hope they hit the sign and miss us. But what I like to do, I like to, I like to stand aside when the troops are marching by, and you can tell they're scared to look like a deer in the headlights, yes. and kind of pat them on the back and say, isn't this fun? <laughs> I, because the angel of the Lord that camps around people that fear him, and if you believe that God can protect you at Mardi Gras, you have no business sitting on your butt at home. You need to go into the world because it won't be as bad as that. Amen. And you do it by steps. You know, if, if you if you go if you go to, Judea, say, Jerusalem, Judea, right. into the uttermost ends of the earth. I remember I was with you a few years back with a pastor's trip in, in Honduras, we were up in the Lon Trotta region looking at area where, it, it, by and large, NGL hasn't done a lot in that region, no. but you were taking us to see some stuff. And I told you, I came and told you, I said, I, you know, I, I said, I really like to bring my family over here and do something. You yes. said, this is the place then. That's right. Because I like tough places. Mm -hmm. I, and and you, you gave us an assignment. said, I'm not working here. Here's a place at your own grounds. Sure. We brought our family back. We, we, we took a year to raise money. We trained. We prepared. We brought our entire, raised $30,000, spent an entire month there. Beautiful. Ended up planning a church with La Coseche there. And it turned out wonderfully. Beautiful. Beautiful. And, and what's funny is it was a chance for us to go launch out ourselves from what we learned with you and No Greater Love. And interesting point is La Entrada didn't become our destination. It became only our Step, testing ground. Yeah. Because little did we know that as a result of us coming back, standing up in our church back at home, 
Reverend Mundelo from Africa would be standing in our congregation that same day. He would stand up and say, would you come to Africa? Beautiful. And now we, we've helped plan over 120 different churches in Africa. Now we're in Thailand. And it just seems like the uttermost ends of the earth aren't crazy for us anymore. It seems like that's our family now. It, we're, com- we're more comfortable actually being there than we are stuck here during COVID. I've almost had to deal with the frustration of not being able to be out because my family's out there as much as they are here. I understand that, yes. And yeah, you get what to be I, like a sailor. Yes. What I like... When when Shane was a, a Heron and you came to Heron and you said let's have a, bo- a softball tournament, <laughs> so you had a softball tournament. And we're going to make money. So we got to a softball tournament. You hadn't made a nickel. No. Shane says, "Hey, didn't <laughs> make any money." money. He says, "No," but he says, "Now we know how to do it." And so that's exactly <laughs> what you do with Honduras. Mm. That's what you do with with Thailand. Wherever you're going, right. every place you go, you take another step. But don't stay there, or you'll muddy the waters. That's right. The guy behind you needs to have fresh water too. And I've learned going back into that quiet time the next morning. God will help you sort out what you messed up, where you didn't hear that's Him, where right. you went through. And God's merciful for those that are serving Him. He's very merciful. Mm-hmm. You know, I've made a lot of mistakes and I've went over my skis many times and I've landed and scuffed my face, but he's always gotten me back up, lovingly be put, back, right. put me back on the course. And a lot of times bailed me out beyond all imagination. I love the scripture said, thy life will I give thee for a prey. Absolutely. God promised that he'd always bring me home. Now, after I get through with a big event like Russia or whatever, uh, I always go back to my little country method church in Sunfield, and I sit in the back and sing a while, and then I go up and kneel at the altar and say, God, are you pleased? Mm-hmm. And well, one time says, no cigar. <laughs> no cigar. He said, I know you tried, but you failed. Oh, my. That hurt. Wow. What does it mean to you? I'm going to wrap up with this. What does it mean to you to put the gospel into the hands of faithful men? Second Timothy 2.2 is up. It's just too good to share, not to share. It is too good. Yeah. I mean, you want everybody to have it. And if you really love other people, you want the best for them. And I believe the best for every person is Jesus Christ. Yeah. I Amen. really do. Amen. We're going to come back in part two of this series on our next cast. We're going to add some of my great mentors and friends to the table here. It's going to be an incredible discussion. Pastor Troy's mentor series. We're going to be getting in, Fred, in the next podcast. What is Ground Zero and how do we find our mm-hmm. road to it. How do we get to ground zero? And we're going to get your son in here, Shane and Roger, who helped you write the road to ground zero. And we're going to talk about that and help people kind of see, see if they can help find theirs and get them started on the right path there. Let me just say this one more time here. Fred's ministry, No Greater Loves, is about putting the gospel in the hands of faithful men. Fred's the president, founder, and director of that ministry. Uh, they're based out of Decoin, Illinois, but they're from, they're bringing in men from all around the world to go do change the gospel. You can find out more. You can email Fred's ministry at ngl1fred at frontier.com. NGL, nope. No, at, at gmail.com. At gmail. Okay, ngl1fred at gmail.com. ngl1fred at gmail.com. And the website for it, you can find this on the, is nogreaterlove.org. Nogreaterlove.org. You can find that there. And let me just wrap up with this. You can check out on the dock at onthedock.org. You can email us at info at onthedock.org. Org. So if you forgot that email, just email us and Donna will get that out to you as well. And don't forget, you can watch us on our po- platforms at YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Facebook, Roku, Rumble, and SermonNet. And you reach out to us on our chat forums, social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Telegram. We'd love to have you there. And make sure if you enjoyed this episode, you'll hit subscribe, you hit like, share, comment, and hit the notifications on the platform of your choice. And don't forget to go find us on Patreon. Patreon's our partner website. You can link to us there by on the dock, or you can download the Patreon app and find on the dock with Pastor Troy, become a Patreon partner. And last but not least, we always want to tell you, if you're going to church someplace, we want you to keep going, make sure your church is preaching the gospel and, and get involved. But if you don't have a church home and you live in Southern Illinois, we would love to have you here at Community Faith Church. We meet on Sundays at 10 o'clock. That's our host church 
Church. We have Wednesday service at 6.30. We would love to have you live on campus or join us at coftv.com if you'd like to join us. We have several different platforms, YouTube, Facebook. You can join us on or a couple of those as well. So it's been good to have you. Fred, thank you so much for being here today at On The Dock. Mother Beth, thank you for being our co-host today. Any other words for Fred as we close? No, just good to see you. Love you. Yeah, I love you too. Thank you, Fred. This is the first of a series of podcasts. We hope you join us and join us back real soon on the dock with Pastor Troy.